0: welcome to shit we do for love the podcast where we delve deep into the gap between our human need for love and connection and our secret belief that we're not really good enough to be loved this gap has us forever trapped in people-pleasing procrastination and perfection and all sorts of nonsense as we try to measure up and be the person we've been told is worthy of love all the while missing the truth about how amazing we already are I'm your host, the Love Your Bloody Self coach, Wendy Windle. Fancy having boundaries that get back time for you? Then head to wendywindle.com to pick up your free guide because never having time for ourselves is just some more shit we do for love. When I was just a wee thing, well, I'm still a wee thing, I'm really sure. So when I was a child, I had trouble accepting the rules of this planet. I just didn't get it. I spent most of my time wondering why I was here and when my real people were coming to get me. And I'm not talking about like, you know, an adoption fantasy of like, maybe I'm a princess and I was picked up by the wrong people. I mean, like, when are they coming to take me back to my home planet? <laughs> I felt just angry about being dropped off here. My adorable and incredible mother, has a very cherished picture of me that she took when I was about three years old, and I'm purple in the face, crying angry tears into my toast in the morning, and I asked her when I discovered that picture, I said, what happened that day to make me so upset? And she just shrugged the shrug of a woman who gave up a long time ago trying to figure me out, and she said, you woke up you cried like that every day that I woke you up. <laughs> so she just, this is what that poor woman had to deal with, just this angry, frustrated, crying child. And I have a lot of childhood memories where I am angry and frustrated to tears, crossed in an absolute temper. And I learned to push it all down deep down in my guts and hide it, I learned that it's unacceptable, it's ugly, it's not ladylike to be and especially not to show that you are angry. Then later, I learned that it's not spiritual, it's not useful, and it shows a shameful lack of self-control to be angry. I spent most of my life repressing anger. And if you're listening to a podcast episode called how to make anger your ally i'm guessing that you have too repressing our anger smiling through gritted teeth making them a sandwich when we want to stab the chopping board and storm out of the house that is just shit we do for love what if all the time my anger was a friend an ally who came to my side when i needed her most because all those times that I flew into a temper as a child or yelled at a teacher <laughs> yeah, or felt like swinging for someone, there was one underlying thought. This is not fair. The unjustness of the situation ranged widely from it's not fair that I'm too weak to unscrew the lid off this jam jar to it's not fair that you've betrayed my trust or it's not fair that you're abusing your power. I'd become so good at suppressing, some would say managing, my anger that when perimenopause hit, my hormone balance was whacked into another dimension and took away all of my rational response mechanisms. I was shocked. how suddenly angry, rageful, passionately inflamed I could become, and there was no holding it in anymore. Now, as Emily Barkley and I were talking about in the previous episode, reclaiming your raw in perimenopause, it's a good idea to rebalance your hormones, keep snacks handy, and learn how to communicate so that we don't blow up bits of our lives that we actually like like our marriages. But I've discovered that this anger has always been carrying a message for me. And I suspect I'm not alone in that. In her brilliant book, Untamed, Glennon Doyle, um, am I either only straight girl with a huge crush on both Glennon and her wife, Abby? I don't think I'm alone in that either, but back on track. Lennon says that if you want to find your purpose in life, look for what you're angry at, what pisses you off. Even the kind of anger that comes up like when someone cuts you off in traffic or bumps into you on the tube and doesn't apologize, even that kind of like seemingly petty anger is actually showing you that your values have been trespassed. Think about it. If you're the type of person who drives carefully, and then someone cuts you off in traffic, it's an affront to what's sensible. It has us pointing and shouting faster than Lewis Hamilton. That's dangerous driving. When we are angry, it's usually because our values, our way of life, or what we consider to be fair has just been trampled. Anger shows up ready to fight. She's there by your side, fists out. She's like that best friend who offers to punch your cheating boyfriend for you because you're too sad to fight. Now, her methods might not always be what we'd choose ourselves. She usually goes straight to violence, revenge and arguing in the street, but we can leave her methods to one side and still pay attention to what she's screaming about. Think back to the last time you were angry or frustrated, or fed up to tears, some of us have been suppressing anger for so long that she has to send in her cousins while she sits in the car. Ask yourself, what was the injustice under the situation? Was someone else trampling on your values, or were you betraying your own values, maybe through people pleasing, or pushing yourself too hard, or not listening to your own body signals? If you don't know what your values are, well, first of all, that is a conversation I wish I could have with you, but start by looking back or paying attention moving forwards to when you're angry and curiously inquire, what's the underlying problem? And a pattern will emerge and you will find your values. Maybe people being rude really gets your goat, so you value kindness and manners. Maybe, like me, you value freedom, so anytime someone tries to impose a schedule on you, like I'm telling you, I'm basically unmanageable, or stops you from expressing how you want to, you will see red. Maybe your blood boils when you witness microaggressions at work or realize your favorite restaurant has zero accessibility for wheelchair users. So you value justice and equity for all. If your partner or kids leave their socks on the floor and it puts you in conniptions, there's something under that. Do you feel disrespected, unheard? Or like, do you do an unfair amount of the housework? Your value is lurking under there. Anger is showing up to tell you that your value line has been crossed and she's having none of it. But here's the rub. What about when we're angry at ourselves? Well, it's not as comfortable to admit, but I've discovered that nothing makes me angrier than when I've peed all over my own boundaries, over my own values. I value freedom. So why do I sometimes park myself in front of the laptop with no brakes, working away as if I've got a boss standing over my shoulder? I don't. I'm choosing to throw away my own freedom. I value equity, so I get really annoyed at myself for the times that I've let a little joke slide or failed to see when I was drowning in white privilege while someone next to me was suffering. I value kindness, so I get really hard on myself if I've taken the shortcut of being rude or frosty when I basically didn't have the guts to have a difficult conversation. But even then, Anger is my friend if I let her be. She doesn't come demanding that I eat dry bread and whip myself in penance. She comes with a message. Hey girl, you're standing outside your own values. That's all. She doesn't invite guilt or shame to the party. She's just there to point out a truth. So how do we turn her into an ally when she shows up? We listen. First of all, we listen for her message. Why is she here? What core values of yours are being threatened or how are you betraying yourself? Listen to what she has to say about the situation. And then take action. Anger loves action. Now her way might actually clash with another value like non-violence. So we might not necessarily take her immediate advice on how to act, but she will be appeased by some form of aligned action. Set firmer boundaries with yourself around how much you work, including unpaid work in the house. Turn your outrage into activism, send letters, stop shopping at businesses that aren't doing enough or or anything to be equitable and keep unlearning your own prejudice. Start doing random acts of kindness and never be afraid to apologize if you made a mistake. But above all, treat anger like a friend with an important message, because that's where the real magic is, being open to discover her secret message for you. I really believe that cutting women off from our anger is a tool that has been used to domesticate us. Don't be afraid of being angry. Don't be afraid of being upset or frustrated to tears. Don't be afraid of that rage and that energy that comes through you that is demanding change. Be afraid of why we've been taught that we're not to be angry. Be afraid of people who won't let you express that. Be like curious about why anyone in your life would not want you to feel angry what are they getting out of you being calm and spiritual or ladylike what's in it for them get curious curious about that and curious about your own anger you're allowed to be angry she is your friend and i bloody love you